0: hey this is paul from paul Lydell's Scream therapy and you're listening to the phantasm podcast phantasm maximum
1: terror Ah! that's your target audience baby
0: phantasm did you know something i sort of enjoyed it
1: phantasm sell the metal sell the metal sell the metal
0: Phantasm. on October 20th. Uh, although people can pre-order it now. Okay, great. And actually, if they if they go through the we don't advertise this, but if they go through the um, parisrecords.com, dot uh-huh. com, uh I know people that have gotten it already.
2: Oh, great! Awesome.
0: So, uh, and um, we can talk about uh, the. Like the website address, which is just ScreamTherapyBand.com. Okay. And uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And as of recently, TikTok. Okay. Wait, does, does anybody use TikTok? Do you use TikTok?
2: I do not. Okay. But I'm, I'm you know, it's funny. We've been, Phantasm's been around for Almost eight years, and we, I'm, I'm not, my co-host is younger than me, and he's into all the social media stuff. I'm just, I've never been a, I don't know that he's necessarily into it, it's just, he just dabbles in it, but I, I am not at all a social media guy. <laughs> I mean, I. So
0: I've gone from being not a social media guy, uh, to having, like. Dived
1: into the deep end of it oh, cool. um, over the last, say, four months to get ready for this record.
0: Okay, uh, so it's uh, so now I know uh, except for TikTok, uh, or am learning that there's a lot to learn.
2: Oh man, there's <laughs> so much, and you know, I it's. There well, there's so much out there anyway, but it's it's one of those things. Like it's funny as long as I've been podcasting, I literally only listen to one podcast. I and I feel awful saying that, but I listen to Tom Brady's podcast, and that's it. Because I'm a big I'm a big Tom Brady guy. Crushed me when he retired, but I he's the only podcast I listen to. And I've been podcasting for years, but I just it's funny. Like I I enjoy doing it, but I just don't listen to podcasts. And I, here I am trying to you know put this stuff out there for people and I love talking to bands and I, I love talking to actors because we kind of dabble in the horror end of it with Phantasm but <clears throat> it's one of those things where I, I just don't listen to them. I think they're an, an incredibly great idea and I, I have one but I don't ever... <laughs> I don't... Other than Tom's, I don't listen to them. So I feel kind of yeah. silly podcasting and I don't even support it like I probably should but I promote it. I promote everything but I just don't. I don't dabble in it myself in my personal time, but I guess that's weird. Okay,
0: but. so on, uh, um, people can find it if they search um, Paul Lydell's
2: Scream Therapy. Awesome. Um, I think if they did like at Paul Lydell's Scream Therapy, then it comes up. Awesome. Um,
0: and... you just search that it will come up excellent so that and like the the release
2: on spotify the single is called rabbit hole okay and the first single is called scream therapy awesome
0: so we got the name of the band from the name of the song
2: incredible uh
0: because the song sums up what the band is about so it seemed to be an apt name for the
2: band. No, it's perfect. Um, and this record's incredible. Let me ask you, just to kind of kick stuff off here, so would Dirty Looks be a good place? Is that a good jumping-off point as far as your music career, or where would, you, where would you like to start? I would love to just ask you some stuff about that, so that's okay.
0: Oh, you can ask me whatever you want. Um,
2: is is that what you would consider the? Is that the... the The beginning of of your musical journey as far as like stuff I would probably be familiar with, or would it be something else or Yeah,
0: yeah, that would be the first thing uh I mean I was in Oasis and Pantera, but not that Oasis and not that Pantera.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) Well I was looking at your and, and Dirty Looks, I'm familiar with. So, so when did you when did you end up in Dirty Looks? What 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 time frame was that like music career wise for you? Oh, I think that was like in '86 or so.
0: Okay. And then the um, and then by the time we were signed and everything, it was '87, and I think the album came out in '88.
2: Okay. So, how did that happen as far as you ended up in Dirty Looks? How did that all come down?
0: How did I join Dirty Looks? Yeah,
2: how did all that happen?
0: The bass player of Dirty Looks used to play in a band called Harpo. Okay. Okay. And Harpo were gods to me. They, uh... They were kind of gods of the East Coast. Okay. And when they would come to Rochester, which is where I'm from. Oh, awesome. Rochester, New York. Um, it was like a huge deal. And um, their guitar player, uh, whose name is John Hott,
1: mm-hmm
0: was uh, a guitar Idol of mine. Oh, okay. So, uh, when Harpo would play, I would be positioned right in front of John watching every little move that his fingers made. Okay. Trying to learn from him. So, uh, by the time I actually got to meet him, uh, he knew exactly who I was because I was the guy that was always sitting in front staring at every movie. Right. <laughs> so he was a guitar player. So I wanted to be able to, uh, to trade some licks and learn some stuff from him in person. So in order to do that, I had an after-hours party at my house okay uh and at that after hours party we were we were trading licks back and forth and uh a member of harpo's road crew um gave me a phone number and said there's this band called dirty looks and they need a guitar player and you should call them and all i knew of dirty looks was that the bass player of harpo uh was leaving or had left oh had left actually um harpo to join this band dirty looks okay that was good enough for me that was good enough for me to uh to drive to pennsylvania to audition for the band
2: so Dirty Looks was based out of Pennsylvania?
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Seelands Grove, Pennsylvania, which is, a matter of fact, where um, we played last Saturday.
2: Oh, cool. Um, so Dirty Looks, I remember, they were on, were you, guys, you guys were on Atlantic, is that right? Yeah. Okay. I remember uh, their well, stuff. As well as a lot of other labels, but yeah. But I remember their stuff. Working in a record store in like the early late eighties, early nineties. But I, it was one of those bands I never listened to. But I'm familiar with. Like I remember seeing the stuff, and it's one of those things where back then, when you're buy, i buying cassettes back then when I was growing up, and it was like I, I remember Dirty Looks. So I was one of those things where it's like. But it, it was one of those. It's crazy to me how many bands would be on major labels, and it's like you would see it you know because record shopping for people that are younger they don't get to experience that they get on the internet everything's there but i remember going in and i remember seeing dirty looks albums
0: um right and i know what you mean there's a lot of bands that i'm uh am aware of but then it's like wow i don't know that i've ever even heard any songs by that band you know right so it case like that um
2: But now you did, and how many records did you do with Dirty Looks?
0: Uh, like five.
2: Wow, that's awesome. See, that's one of those things where it's like, I want to go check it out, and I'm sorry that I haven't got to do that before we did this interview, but I swear to God, I remember seeing the stuff, because I remember, like, when CDs were first coming out, they were in those long boxes, I remember seeing that, and I remember, I was like, wow, okay, I remember that. And, but this might be might be fun for you but my first experience to listening uh, to your music specifically was the Scream Therapy which I love um, oh, why I was like I've got to interview this guy and then I start looking at like some of the stuff you've been part of so I know as ignorant as it may come across but it, I, I was fascinated with that because I was like I remember that band like I, I remember selling the stuff I remember it being in the I worked at a record bar if you remember those and okay, yeah, yeah. and I I remember I, I was like a teenager, and I remember working and I remember the CDs, and I'm like, okay, I remember this because you figure there's so much stuff, you know, and then and then grunge comes along and it just kind of wipes out everything that I was into when I was growing up. and then and that's a whole other conversation. but I was always fascinated with that. so so you you end up getting the gig with dirty looks and then five albums in.
0: Yeah, and they weren't... Um, it was like... Let me think about this. There's an album called Cool From The Wire, mm-hmm. and then an album called Turn Of The Screw, and then there's an album called Bootlegs, and then uh, then later on, there was an album called Gasoline, and then there was one called Super Deluxe, Okay, but those were... Um, those last two were uh were albums that um you know like i did my tracks here in, in uh texas okay and uh, and never even really saw the guys or
1: you know played any shows or anything oh wow uh, uh but we just you know
0: uh did it that way whereas whereas the the previous three and then um i i have Tracks and songs and things on other Dirty Looks records, but I don't really count those.
2: Oh, okay. And then it's um, it's it's fascinating though. I mean, because I, I remember and then Dangerous Toys. How did how did you end up in? Uh, this is a separate question, but I, I I saw Dangerous Toys a bunch of times down in Florida when I was growing up. Um, yeah. So uh,
0: I discovered Dangerous Toys. In <clears throat> um, uh, went to um, had an interview at a radio station, and they handed me this box of cassettes. Okay. And at the time, we were you know touring and have a lot of time uh, uh, travel time. Um, Dirty Looks toured a lot, by the way, uh, and so i had time to listen to one two this box of cassettes and you know it's was like yeah i don't like that yeah i don't like that you yeah. know and i came to dirty look i mean to uh, dangerous toys and uh i was like ooh, i really like that right uh, and so when we played uh when dirty looks played in austin texas our road manager said um dangerous toys is also playing uh nearby do you guys want to go before <clears throat> before the show because they were playing earlier and we were playing later that night right and uh so i was there watching the show and you know, it was totally blown away and i ended up backstage and
1: uh i ran into jason <laughs> that's cool and and
0: jason goes you're Paul from dirty looks <laughs> you're Paul Lydell. He knew my last name. He said, you're Paul Lydell from dirty looks. And, uh, and I was, you know, kind of taken aback and I said, wow, you're, you're Jason. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so, um, we, that, that was when we met and, uh, long story short, um very long story cut very short they needed a guitar player and asked me to come down to play with them awesome now what uh, from so i moved from pennsylvania where i was living at the time uh to uh, austin texas uh to play with them and it's been 30 years now and we're still going strong and um, we're playing in boston is it next week I
2: think? that's uh, fucking awesome so I saw them, I'm trying to remember, I don't even know where that bar, was. I don't think that bar even exists anymore, but I saw, I guess the debut record, I saw them, and then I saw them Hellacious Acres, and then, God, what is the, there's, I'm trying to think of the record. This would have been post-Sony. I saw them, or you may have been in the damn band. if it, This would have been, I'm trying to, it's like the, the, the cover's white, and then it, it's, uh,
0: Okay, yeah, that's called The Artist Formerly Known as Dangerous Toys. Yes. And this is, this is 1996. Yep. And in 1996, um... We did, we went by the, for that album, we went by the, uh the creative, um, oh, what would you call it? We said, uh, we can do anything, but nothing that sounds like the first record. Right. Um, other than that, anything goes. So um, we've had to experiment a lot. And uh, so consequently, um, we as a band were, were very pleased with that record, but our fans, the people that like you know the first three records, right? Um, it was quite a departure, and that was you know which is the reason why we even considered changing the name of the band. Oh, I see. And that's why the album is called The Artists, formerly known as Dangerous Toys, because uh, it's you know of course a play on the um, on the Prince album, which is funny. The kind of <laughs> to the point of. Taking the, the clown, which was the icon of, you know, of dangerous toys, and uh, and mimicking the uh, album cover of Prince's Love Sexy album. Which is hilarious.
2: Which is, yeah, it was it was meant to, to sort of poke fun at the whole thing. I love... Y- y'all have such a great catalog. I mean, that... And the the Broken Teeth stuff is is killer. Um, Oh, thanks. And I I had no idea, and forgive my ignorance, other than, you know, Jason, but I, what a a fucking great band. Now, are you guys still doing stuff with Broken Teeth as well? Uh, I haven't played in Broken Teeth in many years.
0: Okay. Um, I played on and uh, wrote Primarily, um, most of the music on the first two records. Okay. Uh, I started the band.
2: Oh well, it's awesome. <laughs>
0: um, and uh, and then and then songs I wrote. Um, were also on the third album, um, but I had already moved on to a new band that was called Adrenaline Factor. Okay. And uh, you may enjoy checking that out as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. Dude, you, you, literally it's like discovering discovering your the, the Scream Therapy and then it's like just this vast catalog of awesome music you've done that I, I feel ignorant when people listen that I was just not aware of just because I, I right. think... You, you know, you get... Well... I mean, my favorite band on the planet is Rush. So, you know, and there's all these people out there. Oh, Geddy and Alex should do stuff. No, no, no. I don't want them doing anything under that moniker, playing those songs. I don't know. Uh-uh. Because Neil was my favorite part of that band. And I guess that's selfish as a fan, but I, my uncle was obsessed with them, and I didn't miss a tour from uh, per- Permanent Waves all the way up to Test for Echo. We saw every tour together, my uncle and I. Um but Wow, that's
0: that's great. Yeah, but I, I,
2: it's it's I one of those things where like I never Kings. Oh I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: I said I saw Farewell to Kings.
2: Oh shit, that's awesome. Um, when
0: they're you know in their
1: white robes. Oh, that's awesome. And uh see I started on drums. Really?
0: And, and was a purt disciple oh, to the a, point where um I could play uh, the album "All the World's a Stage" and "Farewell the Kings," damn, and hemispheres uh, front to back on the drums, and I had my drums set up exactly like Neil Peart. That's awesome. The concert and the three rack toms and the two kicks, and you know all the cymbals, and I used the uh, the same drumsticks that Neil Peart used, and also uh, shaved away um, using sandpaper uh, the part on the hand grip where he did. It's amazing. That might give you some indication of my uh, (laughs) my uh, geeking out on Rush and Neil Peart.
2: What a what a what a maestro on the drums. And yet but you know it's one of those where it's I think I got into them and you know everything else I would listen to when I was growing up and I got into all different other kinds of music. I was really into a lot of punk stuff and um, I rode skateboards and all this other stuff, but I was into all this different music that I was into. But for whatever reason, like it, I lived in Dodd with Rush and Thin Lizzy, those were my uncle's two favorite bands. So, oh, yeah, those were the bands I heard the most as a kid. Never got to see Thin Lizzy, unfortunately, but he did, he saw them a bunch. I lived vicariously through my uncle, and and uh, but
0: I did th- see Thin Lizzy.
2: Oh my god, dude, that's incredible.
0: And uh, the band that played before them, um was a fairly unknown band at the time um, called ACBC holy shit Um, with Bon Scott wow and Rainbow with Ronnie James Dio wow
2: it. what a bill (laughs) I mean that's that's the bill so for you as far as Dangerous Toys so what year was that when you joined with them?
0: Uh, This was 94. So when you saw us on that, uh, if we were touring um, the artist album or even the album before, the Pissed album.
2: Pissed, Pissed, I know I saw that.
0: Yeah. you saw either those tours, then that was...
2: That's incredible. Now, as far as um, I bet mean, that was probably culture shock moving from New York to to Texas.
0: Well, the previous
1: say eight years uh-huh. to that. um
0: like I said in '86,
2: Pennsylvania. Right? Um, Sorry, I,
0: I, but he looks. Um, but from eighty six to ninety four, I didn't really live in any one place, um, for any period of time. Oh, okay. Very like I lived out of a suitcase for those those eight years. Wow! Because, um, like I said, we toured a lot, and so there was no real sense in uh, you know I have been there, but um, you know a lot of you know, preserve elbow, things that, um, just literally, and, uh, we're on, we have an answer, like, well, right here, you're looking at it.
2: <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's it's amazing to me though. Like I said, you the the and to to jump right into to scream therapy. Did when did you decide that you wanted to do this band? And and this and, and even more than that, when did you start working on these songs? Was it always intended to be a new band, or was it just stuff you'd been working on for a long time? Or.
0: Uh, no, um, probably the last year has uh-huh. been. Uh, has been put towards um, putting that together and writing it. Uh, I had another band um, previous to that called Ninety Nine Crimes.
2: Okay. Which,
0: which you may enjoy that as well. Absolutely. Also, also on Spotify. Um. And uh, so that fell apart um, with the pandemic. Uh, whereas, you know, the shows stopped and then the interest stopped, and sure. then, um, you know, everybody was moving on to other things. So, uh, but I write songs a lot, I write all the time. And uh, so I had, you know, all these new songs, and uh, the drummer of Scream Therapy, his name is Frank Kriege. hmm. And he and I have played together in various bands for like twenty years. Wow! And uh, we have a we have a chemistry, you know, when, and like an intuition. Like I don't even have to I don't even have to tell him what I'm going to do. You know, he can just read my body language and understand like when the song is going to do this or that. Nice. So. uh so we started talking about, hey, you know, we should we should just jam for the hell of it. And uh, so I started writing songs for us to jam for the hell of it. And then the songs started to come um, very quickly. So and uh, a lot of it just felt like, you know, these things were kind of writing themselves like they needed to be written. Wow kind of thing and uh which is the in the song scream therapy sort of uh sort of describes it because it's like this cathartic thing of you know singing about these things and uh and writing about them is is this therapeutic kind of thing that happens so um it was kind of Almost more more about that than than writing an album for people to listen to. Um it was you know, just these songs need to be written, they insist on being written.
2: So the obviously the, the first you got the intro and then Scream Therapy, awesome way to kick the record off. What can you tell us about track three Alibi? I really like that one. Uh
0: yeah, that one, um, that's one of the few songs that's, um, a few years older, uh, and I had, uh, like I said, I write songs all the time, and, um, I had written that one sort of with, uh, Dangerous Toys in mind, and, um, this is several years back, and, um, uh, it uh i mean along with lots of others and uh it never um it never really got any any traction there but uh i thought that i thought it was catchy oh, it and is. i ran across it again one time um, when i was just going through different recordings and uh like oh yeah that one yeah i like that one so we worked it up and it seemed to work uh it seemed to work really well and um and I think it uh sort of sticks in your head, so
2: oh, I love it uh what about the next track run? What can you tell us about that one like I said, I love this record. I'm just gonna run through it with you.
0: Oh, thanks. I appreciate that in uh in Austin, Texas, in the sixties. There's this tower um, it's called the UT Tower, mm-hmm. and this crazy guy went up on the tower with like a ton of guns and ammunition, and from this tower, which is you know really high, mm-hmm. uh, just started gunning people down God. that were in the square below, which are you know a lot of college students and everything. And the um, just reading about it, and just the so absolutely cold blooded, calculated. It was like just this pure evilness uh, that was just really compelling. I thought um, to write about so uh, so that song is an sort of an account of of that that occurrence. Wow. And then, to bring things interestingly in full circle, um, our bass player, Joe, uh, at a wedding, actually met the guy that was able to go up into the tower and finally kill this guy. Oh, shit. (laughs) So... This guy, that guy, was like a, a hero because, like, this guy was going to keep killing people until somebody killed him. Sure. And from the way the way that he had done it, you know, which is all very pre planned, um, made it very difficult for them to get to him. Wow. And uh, if you read about it, it's it's chilling because, like, this guy didn't have any any previous. Like he could just be anybody, you know what I mean? Sure. Like it wasn't, it wasn't this troubled psycho guy.
2: It was just this, just normal dude. Guy next door.
0: The guy next door that you don't know what's going on in his head, and uh, you know, uh, and nobody really knows, you know why he did that but it was very premeditated so that's what that's what run is about and um like that that whole thing is a is a very big deal in austin and in texas and everybody like in texas a lot of people even know that guy's name oh wow you know um you know i'll mention that and i'll say uh they'll say his name which is escaping me at the moment but um uh, so it's, it's a it's a big deal, and um, as far as I know, there's not a song about that event. Uh, but that's what it's about.
2: Wow, heavy shit. Uh, great song. Um, and All right. yeah, it's it's killer. This record's great. Uh, track five, to. track five, jagged. Oh, it's dude, you knocked it out of the park. This record's a lot of fun. Like I said, you've You've got me, I'm going to be going back into your back catalog for months, so thank you. Um,
0: The run sounds to me like, um, like a soundtrack to, uh, you know, a movie about that event. Yeah. You know, the way, the way, like, the intro sounds like, uh, you know, I hear, like, police sirens and things like that. And, uh, And then, and then, you know, it. It has the dynamics where it just sounds soundtracky to me. Oh yeah.
2: Let's see. Uh, track five, jagged edges, which, by the way, great song, great title. Um,
0: I appreciate that. That's um. That's an apology song to for anybody that uh, has mistreated a loved one. Um, so.
2: Gotcha.
0: So I think almost everybody can relate to that. Sure. And, uh, you know, how their jagged edges can cut and draw blood no matter how hard you try. Oh, yeah. You're like, man, I'm just trying to be good, but boy, sometimes I slide from Jekyll to Hyde. Right. And... There's no warning.
2: <laughs> it's really, really cool song. Um, thanks, thanks.
0: Yeah, I hope people can relate to that and uh, and um, Yeah, and sort of feel that same that same thing. Right. A sense of remorse for being uh, uncool.
2: Right. <laughs> what about track six Thick of Things?
0: Uh, Frank said, Paul, I've never met anybody that had so much drama going on in their life that they had nothing to do with, (laughs) (laughs) that they didn't cause. And, uh, it just, you know, and I was like, you know, you're right, uh, you know, one day you're flying above on silver wings and the next you're down in the thick of things. It's like, uh, the first lyric is, Hey, you, yeah, you drama. Why do you follow me around like a dog? Right. <laughs> I try to mind my business, but you keep on tagging along. It's like, come on. I'm just trying to, you know. I'm just trying to go around about my day, and you know there's all this drama circling around me and I think that's probably the case for uh, a lot of people as well absolutely so that's that's what that song's about
2: it's again it's what a awesome track uh what about track seven rabbit hole uh
0: so rabbit hole um the music uh speaking of rush i thought i thought that came from sort of a, a rush kind of point of view although that nobody that's heard it has said rush hmm. but that's kind of how, how i had it in you know as a was like uh and that song Came about. Um, I teach guitar lessons. Okay. And in a guitar lesson, I was teaching the student um, a jazz scale. And I was showing them how the scale could be used to make a rock lick or a rock riff. Right. And uh, I happened to record it. And so I have literally thousands of guitar uh, of song ideas um on my phone okay and was going through those as i do from time to time and i came across that one and i started singing along i'm like oh okay we got a song here and uh and then the music sort of reminded me of sort of the anxiety that uh that the internet gives me (laughs) and what we were talking about, you know, social media and all that and how, uh, I will be, you know, I'll have trying to get something done and I'll, you know, go on my phone. And then the next thing I know I'm on the internet. And then the next thing I know I'm down the rabbit hole. Uh, and you know, the hour goes by and I'm like, I don't even remember what it was that I was first trying to do. So uh so that's what the the music reminded me of that that kind of anxiety and then the lyrics sort of followed that and uh you know, with the whole sort of Alice in Wonderland sure. uh, kind of um kind of vibe
2: I mean yeah it's it definitely definitely now that I think about it I mean I didn't think about it before it definitely has a rush kind of thing going on um so very yeah, cool Yeah,
0: nobody has said that I mean that it, effect, uh...
2: you pointing it out I mean I, th- I think it's very much there I I I didn't think about it but I, now that you mentioned it I think it very it, yeah it's got a definitely rush vibe kind of going maybe weaving in Um, and out there, you know, so that's cool. But yeah, it's,
0: yeah. When I ask, I ask a lot of people who they think that song sounds like and a lot of people are like to say, uh, I have no idea.
2: So, well, I think it's, which I I guess is cool. yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have no idea, but I really like the song. So that that's a good combination of
2: things. Sure. Absolutely. Um, what about track eight burning bridges?
0: like contrary to what it sounds like is is like optimistic um, like burning the bridges to your past right um, and you know kind of not looking back and, and looking forward to the future and uh, you know with renewed energy and enthusiasm and you know being on the other side of having gone through a very difficult time, so uh, that's very relatable. Somebody, somebody said, you know, they heard the record and they said, um, "Wow, you're you're just really telling a story here," um, which is certainly not intentional. But I looked back on it and I was like, yeah, yeah, kind of, in a way, yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's
2: I mean,
0: not it's a concept it's, album, but it's it's sort of a it's sort of a story. I mean, it's you know where you have the the going through a very difficult time of screen therapy, you know, where I'm a steel spring wound up so tight and I feel like I'm going to crack, and right, you know, snap, and all that, uh, you know, and then and then and then making it through that, and uh, you know, and then. Yeah, it's sort of a story, I think.
2: The Afterthoughts of Paul Adele. It's beautiful.
0: Well, that's yeah. That's why it's it's, it's Paul Adele's screen therapy because that's that's what it
2: is. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> um, Track on that bullet.
0: Ah, uh, most people I know, including myself, have had a near death experience at some point. Unfortunately, yes. And uh, so anybody that has will be able to relate directly to that song absolutely uh, and uh, you know and then and then wondering you know how many times can you dodge that bullet um, And uh, so thats that's what that's about um, And if you listen to the if you listen to lyrics and you know that, then they totally make sense.
2: Completely relatable.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it's, I think I've been a repo man on and off most of my life, so I've had lots of guns pointed at me. It's oh my
1: gosh, really?
2: Part of the job. Yeah, I still do it. I started doing it again uh, when COVID happened because it's under the table and it's a lot of money for just a couple yeah. of jobs, you know, but it's really dangerous to do. And I know that's probably not what a lot of people would think about when they think near-death experience, but that's just me sharing with you now when I listen to your song that I'll be thinking about me lifting a car.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but uh, what about track 10, Wake Up Call?
0: Ah. Uh, so... It stands to reason, I think, that if, uh, you know, we're building robots and the robots are getting smarter, and they can do, you know, now amazing things, and they've only started, and uh, they're learning to learn. And so that song just says, okay, um, before you know it, they're going to learn how to build other robots. And if they are, if they are, you know, self-aware and can build other robots, that's a new species. Yep. But not organic. Correct. Um, And... If that's the case, then uh, the human race gets really insignificant because they'll build them, they'll become smarter and
2: smarter and obviously stronger and stronger. No illness.
0: Uh, What's that?
2: No illness. They don't get sick. They don't have to sleep.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it's, it's the wake-up call kind of against, uh, well, really just pointing out that AI will ultimately bring that to happen. I don't even think there's anything we can do about it. But uh, uh, just if you think about the future... Um, It seems like it would be logical you know, if you just think, you know, this then that. Then, uh, robots very likely will take things over.
2: Yeah, it's. I'm a I'm a big horror movie and sci-fi fan. I it's it's like living the Terminator. I would rather not do that, but it seems like mm-hmm. <laughs> it really seems like. It's all kind of unraveling. I, you see these actors and directors, or you know they're mad about <clears throat> AI doing this and that. I don't even know what all the arguments are, but I, it's it's just kind of scary. I I think about it more in the terms of like your song, where it's like, uh, where they kind of just take over things, and it it sounds generic saying this. People listening, this think I'm, but I mean it's it's the Terminator. It's fucking scary. I think, but. I don't
0: know. Um, Yeah. uh, Except for instead of coming from the future, we're just creating it.
1: Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, It's terrifying.
0: But it also, I mean, uh, terrifying and um, terrifyingly inevitable.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think we're
0: um, because you know they can pass all the laws they want to, but as soon as somebody can profit, especially militaristically, um, with building better and bigger and better robots and smarter robots, then they'll do it.
2: Oh yeah. Well, the 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 thirst for technology, people seem to be so wrapped up in going further, going further. At some point. I just wish somebody would yeah. go, when do we stop? You know, when is when is too much technology, too much technology? I don't know. but
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, I don't think there's people so, asking those questions, unfortunately, that, that are in control of it. So
0: No, and so that's just, that's the wake-up call. You know, um, it just says, yeah, this is... This is what's probably going to happen. It doesn't say, you know, that there's anything we can do about it.
2: Um, yeah, it's heavy shit. Um,
0: kind of, te- you know, I mean, when you, when you tell somebody, yeah, this, this human race thing that we think is going to go on for a long, long time, probably not. That's not a very popular um, or uplifting sentiment.
2: But I think it's a, it's not, but it's, it's a, in my opinion, it's a realistic observation. And I,
0: (laughs) it just kind of dawned on me one day, like, oh crap.
2: I'm, I'm probably the worst person to have you enforce that, or for me to reinforce you with that, but I just, I'm a conspiracy theorist anyway, so I, but I, I think that's a very realistic, uh, thing that does not rely on a conspiracy theory, it just feels like, evolution unfortunately of thirst for more technology i don't know
0: yeah yeah but so i'm i'm anything but political or or you know um anything like that but uh that's the that's the most current events kind of thing that um that kind of goes on in my mind
2: that's brilliant I think. Great song, too. Um, Yeah, you're welcome. Track 11, Ghosts of Yesterday. What about that track? Uh,
0: That's just about and relatable by people that have had the the guts to get out of a bad situation. You know, when you're in a bad situation, it takes a certain amount of, of guts to get yourself out of it. And to just, you know, just kind of <laughs> cut and run, right? Um, so uh, that's what that's about. Um, to uh, you know, I'm thinking anybody that that has done that, or or would like to do that. Um, and get on to the other side uh, can relate to that song. The ghosts of yesterday taught me to run. Now you see me, now you don't. Right. Don't look for me because I will be gone, you know.
2: Very relatable as well. Um, track 12, Stir Crazy.
0: April, probably May in May of 2020 okay uh, nobody knew I mean by then everything had shut down you know pretty tight and uh, nobody knew how long it was gonna last and uh, you know for a little while it was sort of interesting it's like oh yeah don't really have to go anywhere, and then, and then after a certain point, it's like, oh man, this is you know this is getting <laughs> really bad. So, uh, and so, I just thought about it. It's like I wore a mask to the bank, like it was just another day, right? Uh, you know how how freaky. Are these times, you know, I mean, this is kind of historic where you would you would wear a mask to the bank,
1: right? (laughs) You know, something you would ordinarily get shot for doing, right?
0: Right. Uh, But here you have to wear a mask and gloves to the bank and you're required to do it. It's like that is just wild. So that that phrase popped into my head and I'm like, oh, there needs to be a song about that. So, uh what is it? Oh no. Uh I stay awake till the daybreak, wake up at the crack of two. <laughs> right. Uh binge watching Netflix. And can't find nothing better to do. So uh I think everybody on the planet can probably relate to that.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that you know. Now
0: during I've, I've been smoking like a fish and drinking three packs a day uh, you start I don't know about other people I I started um, getting a little heavier into vices uh, when you know I didn't have any place that I needed to be it so
2: were, were you creative during that time or did, or did you just kind of shut down because I know most of the artists I've spoke with about it like it was they were either incredibly creative, they had a lot of time to work on music, or they just mentally were just smoked. You know, they're just done. Just what the fuck is going on, you know?
0: Yeah, I was in the second vote. I was I was not creative at all. Um, I guess partially because, you know, there was some there was some question as to what even was going to happen to music you know is there a reason to write these songs um but uh i think that's why once it started to lift having had um you know probably a good solid year of of non-creativeness which is was I'm sure that was the longest dry spell of of my life okay. uh, as far as, you know, writing songs, because I've always written songs. Uh, and then, uh, so coming out of that, when I started to write again, it just came like a flood.
1: It's
2: it's interesting, though. I'm telling you, like, and I, you probably know this, just other musicians you know, but it, it seemed like people were either... Completely shut down creatively, or they were wide open creatively during it. I haven't met yeah, yeah, anybody no, no. on any of the other spectrum. It's one or the other. It, it sounds weird, but it was very black and white. It was either you were very creative, or you were just like, what the fuck is going on?
0: Right. Yeah, my uh, my um, priorities also shifted over to like uh, like creating instructional videos for my YouTube channel and things like that. Cool. Um, which, uh, which involved trying to learn a whole lot of new things about, um, you know, video editing and things like that. Uh, so I took on, I took on new ventures that, um, I wouldn't have otherwise, but, uh, yeah so my my creativity definitely took a little bit of time off so between after um after stir crazy which was written before that that was the last song between stir crazy and whatever song came next there was at least a year
2: really yeah wow so stir crazy
0: was the last one um And that was written sort of at the beginning of the pandemic, but, uh, but far enough into it where it was like, you're starting to feel like, oh man, what the hell?
2: Right, (laughs) right. You know? Uh, what about the final track, Silence Never Lies?
0: Uh, that's just like, you know, the full-on rocker song, um, and uh, just talking about when you know if uh, if somebody's just being quiet, that can be saying just as much as as if as if they were talking a lot, which is what the, that title is about. Right. that one, um, I think the, the music for that one came pre-pandemic. Um, that was like right at the beginning of it. And, uh, and so it, was, it wasn't until after the pandemic that um, like the lyrics and melodies and everything came for that. And that was like, yeah, I had that riff. I really like that riff. Right. It was kinda I thought it reminded me of uh, you know, like an aerosmith kind of thing. Oh yeah. Early Aerosmith, like something off of say rocks. Or... Yeah. That was that was the vibe of it anyway. I mean, I'm sure other people might think hear of it as different other things, but
2: so as far as have you have you got to play a lot of the scream therapy stuff live yet?
0: We've done one show.
2: Okay, how did that go?
0: Oh, uh, It was awesome. It was uh, it was it was well received, and you know the band sounded great. Um, there's we'll have a video uh, from the show um, for the uh, song Rabbit Hole, which is the second single. Awesome. Uh, the first single was "Scream Therapy and the second single which um, just came out uh, I don't know what, a few days ago awesome two or three days ago um, called Rabbit Hole and we'll have a video uh, that was filmed at that show um, and that we should have any day now that's awesome uh, so so um, and then we'll be releasing uh, a third single, which um, I believe is going to be Run. Oh, that's a good uh, song. Um, coming up here near the end of the month.
2: That'll be exciting for you. I, this record, man, I can't tell you how great it is. It's it's really the complete package. And uh, apologies, wow, I apologies. appreciate that. Especially, Apologies again on my ignorance on a lot of your back catalog. I, it's going to give me months of joy to go through that stuff. I'm actually excited about it. Um, well,
0: that's that's, that's uh, you, the fact that you really like the record, um, in spite of knowing my much about my history, is uh, I think is really cool.
2: Well, thank you. I I really do like, and I'm actually excited. I think it's hilarious at people listening to this that I saw you and didn't even know. <laughs> I just I mean, hell in the 90s I was stoned or drunk at probably every show I was at. I was a fucking dumbass back then, but you know, <laughs> I was always out having fun. <clears throat> but th- really man, for real this record is 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 outstanding. Um and your production you did on it. I wanted to point out you did a fabulous job on the production. Um
0: Oh, well, thank you. Um, uh, the, uh, the engineer, uh, his name is Matt Bray. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he had a, a whole lot to do with that. Um, and then uh, the guys that mastered it also um, had a lot to do with it. Um, Brian Lee and Chris Wood. <coughs> Great job. Um, and, uh, like the, the recording of the album was real fast, like recorded it in in no time. And then, uh, but the, the mixing and, and mastering, um, took quite some time because, uh, uh, I'm picky. And I would be like, I would say, no, no, that's not it. Right. Uh, need more of this or less of that. And uh, and until it, and it finally finally came out like it did, and, and uh, I'm really happy with it. So it's, it's great to be able to put it on and, and listen to it and go, yeah, yeah, I really like the way that that sounds and uh, the way it came across and everything. So. Um, It's it's really a great feeling to have an album that you're 100% behind. Oh, yeah. And, and happy with, so.
2: Now, one last question about Dangerous Toys. So, are you still in Dangerous Toys? Are you all still doing stuff, or?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, we've played, uh, let's see, last, last couple months, we've done um, Austin. We played in... Uh, Hollywood at the whiskey nice in Denver um, and like I said we we're going out to Boston um, and uh, and we are also recording uh, a new album it's coming along very slowly but uh, but the songs are really cool uh,
2: y'all get that so. thing ready man you and Jason come on I'd love to have y'all on and talk about it. Oh totally yeah um, I'd absolutely love to do that for you this like I said this this screen therapy record dude is it's it's really good um I really like it uh you knocked it out of the park and I love it's such a interesting uh group of songs because I listened to the record you know before we did this interview uh a few well, actually last week and uh and I was like, "Man, so to actually find out what the song's about, or just it's fascinating." So, just yeah. You... This
0: is um, this is my first my first chance to uh, to talk about that. So, yeah. like, you know, I've, a lot of the things uh, you know when you ask me, "Well, what's that song?" or "What's what's up with that song?" Uh, I'm like, "Hmm, never really been asked that before." So, uh, so that was really fun.
2: Yeah, man. This, like I said, it, it's been a pleasure. I didn't mean to talk your head off. I know this kind of ran over here. Um, kids, check out Paul Adele's Scream Therapy. Uh, it's fucking kicks ass. It comes out on Paris Records, October twentieth. It's fabulous. Um, but yeah, man, yeah, it's, you, on, it's great.
0: It's on uh, streaming services. The well, those two songs are on uh, Spotify and Apple oh, yeah. Music. All those things uh, Listen right now <laughs> Now yeah And then uh, And Before too long It'll be on uh, The whole album Will be uh, Up on the uh, Spotify site And then Everywhere Awesome uh, But people are People are getting the CD uh, Or pre-ordering the CD uh, Now
2: Yeah man It's this Like I said This thing's great Um it really is, um, but yeah, man, uh, this record's killer. I wish you all the best with it. Um,
0: well, thank you very much. And, I
2: appreciate uh, that. I'll stay in touch with you if that's cool, and if you and Jason want to come yeah, on, yeah, yeah, we can. Do. We can talk. We can talk. Dangerous toys. When you want to drop that bad boy, I'll be happy to promote that for you. Whenever.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
2: But I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this today. Sorry about last week. I know I, I didn't realize when I booked all that because they just send me a thing like, "Hey, book it," and I was like, "Okay." I didn't know you were trying to do a show and shit, or I wouldn't have done that last week. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, that's all
0: right. I just when it was scheduled, I was going to try to figure out when when I could do it, um, you know, on the road, but. Uh when
1: it was scheduled, I was uh, in flight.
2: Oh shit! Well, I'm sorry about that. They they don't tell me any so of that in advance, up. so I just was I'm just shooting in the dark. It's like, oh, okay, how about this? You know, so. But,
0: yeah, yeah, that's fine.
2: But I didn't mean to bug you with that. But I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this today. Um, and I wish Here's you all the pleasure. best.
0: Yeah, please stay in touch.
2: Yeah, man, uh, and I'll shoot you the interview over. I'll text it to you if that's cool when we get the interview up. <clears throat> that way you'll have the links to it and everything. Um, yeah that'd be great yeah. we're we're on everything uh whatever it is my co-host use he does all the tech stuff um but he it goes all over everything we're on amazon wherever if you look up phantasm podcast we're everywhere so uh it gets oh, out cool there
0: what,
2: our uh, audience uh, is surprisingly apparently or,
0: what's uh, that you, i'm sorry um, would, would this be uh an audio
2: oh yeah it's audio only yeah okay. yeah. Yeah, and then the all our stuff is and but what I'm saying it's everywhere. Like people can listen when I send you the link, but if they just it, the link I'll send you is for whatever, but they can find the our stuff and and our interview when we get it up, it'll be all over everything. They can listen to it Apple or Amazon or wherever the hell they want to listen to it. YouTube, we're we're all over the place. Spotify, we're we're everywhere. Anywhere a podcast is, we're there. So
1: Oh, well, that's great. Yeah.
2: So it'll get out there. People can listen to it however they want to and, and all that fun stuff. But yeah, man, I'd love if you came back on with Jason. That would be the shit. I would love to promote that for you, too. And we can, round two of the next Scream Therapy record, we can do that, too. Anything you want to ever promote, I'm happy to have you on. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today.
0: All right. It's been a pleasure uh, for me as well. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. Chasm.